0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. Excited to be here. I feel like older than ever. <laughs> but I just love it because a new generation comes, but the same promises that were given to our forefathers are a new generation. Today I believe that something's going on in Los Angeles in this nation. It looks bad, it looks like things are shaking all over the nation. But I refuse the counsel of despair. Because in the darkest hour, God raises up the greatest prophet, Elijah. That's the deal. In the darkest hour, he sends his revivals. He gets more glory that way. His story is drama. He creates drama. When, it's all getting, when the bad guys are taken over, the hero arises. Jesus is our hero. I met Jeremy you know you run into people and they can be gifted but it's a whole different story when you run into a person that has humility you just feel like there's no resistance there's just no checking you out and I felt like when I touched you Jeremy I felt you know humility is pliable soil it's easily to be touched it's not hard means there's no bitterness there might be woundedness but he's turned it into redemption and that's what I felt when I touched you Jeremy this humility but I also was so moved that you come from a revival line, you and your wife Christy, they come from a revival, I heard of Modesto revival for years, never went up there and I could feel his hunger for revival and I'm very thrilled today to be standing in a, in, a, in a church that's five miles away from where the Azusa Street Revival opened up. It's just amazing to me. I'm going to tell you my story, but my story converges with your story today. Because we're in a great story for Los Angeles, for this nation. Look at this first of all. And David had a longing, verse 17, and said, oh, I love that word. Say, oh. Oh. No, no, no. Say, oh. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. I once heard a message by a Pentecostal preacher on one word. His message was called, oh. If God could find an O in the middle of Azuzah, in the middle of L.A. <laughs> David had a longing and a great oh. That someone would give him a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem. As a young boy, he had lived in Bethlehem. My friend David Kim preached it last night. I was stirred to preach it today. And he, probably coming from the shepherd fields, would have come to that well after his his time out there in the hot heat in the wilderness there. And he would drink from that well. And there's nothing like that well. Sweet, sweet water. And he's being chased by the Philistines. His his life right now is a constant battle. He's in in the desert, the cave of Adullam. He's out there. All of his enemies surrounded him. And the Philistines have taken over Bethlehem. A garrison has been set so nobody can get in there. And three guys who made friends. Come on. Oh, to have David's mighty men that are friends of God who can just listen to his whisper that can hear his longing if you can just find a few good men in the middle of the city that hear his oh. he wants once again the taste of an ancient well give me drink from the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it, but he poured it out to the Lord and he said, Be it far from me before God that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? For at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. In the middle of the night, these guys have heard the O of David. So in the middle of the night, they do a guerrilla warfare invasion. And they kill a whole pack of bad guys, demons. And they break through at the risk of their own lives. They take a bucket, they dip it into that well, and they bring it back to David. And David says, I'm not going to drink from this water because these men risked their life. These are my friends. They poured it out all out. And do you think I'm going to receive the benefit of their offering? No, I'm going to take this water. And I'm going to pour it out. That's the case with every revival. I want to say revival is not so much about us longing for revival. It's more about God longing for a well to be opened again. He longs for an ancient well called Azusa to open up again. And he's looking for three men to risk their lives to bring it down into the earth again. There is still a well here in Los Angeles. Five miles away, Azusa Street, down the road, a Pentecostal lady named Amy Semple McPherson opened up a well, the four-square well. She shook the city. They brought stretchers and laid stretchers all over the front of the Angeles temple because everyone was getting healed. This is a Pentecostal well. Down the road a little ways in Hollywood, Hollywood Presbyterian Church, a woman named Henrietta Mears was the teacher of a group of students your age. And in that group was a young man named Bill Bright. And she preached a message on the expendables. That in World War II, they sent soldiers on missions. And they said they were expendables because they knew they were going to go die. And she preached and says, Are there anybody that can be and willing to be expendables for a great student revival in America? And Bill Bright answered the call. He gave up business. They went up into the mountains of San Bernardino. She preached again and the Holy Spirit fell and they went into Henry and Erzmir's cabin and she, they saw, they saw a vision of the college campuses of the world and Bill Bright dedicated himself and Campus Crusade for Christ came from a well in Los Angeles. There's a well beneath your feet. Dig it. There's a well be- beneath your feet. Dig it. 1949 a young man named Billy Graham came to the conference of Henrietta Mears he was struggling because the whole biblical criticism was going on at that time and Billy Graham was wrestling whether or not the Bible is truly the inerrant word of God and one night at that camp up in San Bernardino he went up and there was a big rock there and he laid the Bible before that rock And he called on God and he said, I can't answer all the questions. But God, from this day forward, I will preach your word as the word of God. He and his team fasted for three days. Came down to Los Angeles on the corner of Washington and Hill. Pitched a tent. And suddenly the media began to cover it. And the world saw Billy Graham exploded as the great evangelist and the well is in Los Angeles would you stand with me and I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray open up this well again it's time for revival historic revival go ahead just lift your voices and begin to pray we ask t- today right here down in the middle of the well pour out your spirit again Give us something that could sweep through the dry bones of this city, through the racial divisions, God, through the drug addictions and the entertainments. Come, send revival to Los Angeles. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In the book of Genesis. It said Isaac redug the wells of his father Abraham and called him the same name. It's a different generation. He looks different than Abraham. But the revival is still named. I mean, the wells are still named the same, same name. In other words, it may not be the same name as Azusa, but there is a DNA. It was a DNA that happened at Azusa. In the year more lynchings of black men took place in 1906. In that same year, an African American man named William Seymour came to this city. In the midst of racism, in the midst of this trauma, he lands here to preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church he goes into kicks him out. So he's homeless and penniless. And has no money to get back to Houston. Oh, don't measure what God's going to do by your present situation. God loves to upend our security so he gets all the glory when it comes. William Seymour is taken into a house... Of the Asbury's. They take him in. And they start holding prayer meetings. They start fasting. And one day one of these African American men said to William Seymour. A one-eyed black man. Said to him. Would you lay your hands upon me? I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And speaking in tongues. Lays his hands. Boom. He begins speaking in tongues. And that night group of african-americans gathered into a little place called bonnie bray street just down the road i was just in it the other day they were there praying worshiping god expecting the holy spirit and suddenly out of heaven acts chapter 2 happens again <laughs> The Spirit Falls and a girl named Jenny Moore who had never played piano or ne- had never spoken in tongues went to the piano and began to, s- to play perfect piano and began to sing in eight different languages. So many people began to gather. There's crowded into the street that actually the porch broke because so many people were there. They had to find another place So they found a place that was once a a Methodist church that became a stable. Oh, God loves mangers and stables. He loves birthing places like this. He loves places in the middle of a nightclub. Who would ever think that revival would start in the middle of a nightclub? (laughs) Let me just say, brothers and sisters, we dwell always in the presence of the Lord. We are the righteousness of Christ. We live our lives, but there are seasons when He comes with such power. He gets the attention of the world. Thousands start getting saved. I tell you, America has to have a great revival awakening or it's over with. We're not looking to politics for an answer. Nothing can put our racial division together. Only something from heaven The outpouring of the Spirit began to come and they moved it over to Azusa Street. Right down the road from here. And white and black and Hispanic and Mexican, Chinese, they began to gather and they said the Holy Spirit baptized them into one body and the word was that the color line was washed away in the blood. We need something from heaven that heals our divisions. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that can heal the black-white issue in America. We need something to hold back the riots that are coming to the cities to break racism in the hearts of a people. We need the Holy Spirit in His love. This is what we're dreaming. And I think God is longing the greater David Jesus is longing from a taste of the well of Azusa. I've been looking for that revival for 30 years. In Pasadena, can I tell my story? Because I want to bring you into this story. It was in 1982 that my pastor Cheon, a Korean, has a dream of a black man saying, come to Los Angeles. There's going to be a great revival. Can I say the Macedonian experiences are not over with yet. He is still calling people. In the dream, he heard a song. Go forth, go forth into the ripened fields for they are white for harvest. The time has come for the reaping of the souls of men. In the power of the Spirit, revival begins. Because of this dream, 12 of us moved out here in 1984. I think it's interesting. It was a black man calling a Korean. Do you know where the riots of 92 were initiated? Between the Koreans and the African Americans. It was a riot that broke. I'm watching the riots on the television with my wife. And we're just weeping. And the Lord speaks to my heart, what you are watching in these riots is revival in the negative. At the right moment, with a few prepared vessels, I could send fire and light this city all up in one moment. Like a Zeus extreme. Oh, may we be those prepared vessels. So in 1985-86, I was reading a book. By a man named Frank Bartleman. Now, Frank Bartleman had moved here in 1905. He was a white dude. He was praying and fasting the whole year. They were so concerned that he would he would die because he was praying and fasting. So much. I'm in Pasadena, I'm reading his book, and the book just tears me Have you ever had a book that tears you up? That lights your fire. You said everything in the book was screaming my name. I tell you, Moses had a burning bush, but I had a burning book. When you read a book, you see something, you hear a voice, and it lights you on fire. Don't just say, that's cool, and pass by. And when Moses saw this wonderful sight, he turned aside. And God said, and God was looking, and He said, to see if He would turn aside. When God gives you a prophetic whirlwind in your life, don't just play with it like it's some toy. It might be the fire of God calling your name. Your dreams are not just dreams. They're invitations to intercession. Your dreams are calling to something. They're calling your name and who you are and where you're meant to go. Sometimes dreams are the chapter titles of the next stage of the book that God wrote about your lives. Do you know that God wrote a book about your life? Before you're ever born, it says, David said, "Lo, it is written of me in the scroll. I have come to do your will. Here I come. I delight to do your will. God wrote a scroll about your life. And the art of living is to discover what he wrote. And that you, finding it, would actually live your life fulfilling prophecy that he's already written in his book about your life. You're not a piece of protoplasm. You're a storyline from heaven. That's who you are. So when I was reading his book, it just lit me on fire. And I went into days of fast. This is what you do. When God comes and begins to speak to you, you treat it seriously. Seriously. When Paul heard the voice on the roads, he went into three days of fasting. Sure, if you would but what is he doing? He's paying attention to this word. Thou art. The, why you're? The, I'm Christ whom you are persecuting. He can't get the voice out of his mind. You set yourself apart and you begin to ask God, "What does this mean?" In fasting. We make our lives a landing strip for revelation. We clear the depths of our life and we begin to eat different bread than what we're used to because man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds. Jesus understands in fasting you begin to eat a different kind of bread. And I cried to God. I went into days of fasting reading this book and I cried out one night. Maybe like I would never cried. And I want to encourage you to do this. Sometimes you've got to put a demand on heaven. For who he created you to be. And I began to cry out, Give me the mantle of Frank Bartleman. I don't want to read about revival. I want to live in revival. I want to have my kids see revival. And I cried for two hours at my garage that night. And the next day a brother walks up to me. He didn't know what I was praying for. And he said. Lou, I had a dream last night. And in this dream, I saw a big black book. And the title said, Revival. He said, I turned the inside of the cover and I saw a guy's face. And his name was Frank Bartleman. And his face turned to your face, Lou. And I knew the title of the book God wrote about my life. Revival. And my book comes here to your book today. Frank Bartlett, the intercessor, was the great storyteller of the Azusa Street Revival. He wrote a book called Azusa Street. I would encourage you to read it. His intercessions. It's about three weeks later. I was in a women's aglow meeting. I wasn't a woman. I wasn't aglow. I wasn't speaking. I was, I was a sponsor. At the end of the meeting, I'm standing there. Why am I with all these women? black lady walks up to me. She she, says to me, you know, in 1906, there was a black lady praying with this man named Frank Bartleman. She said, I feel like I'm that black lady looking for that Bartleman. I said, lady, we got (laughs) to talk. I went to her church and there were sleeping bags all over the place and women were there. All the women in the church were there. Not all, just about seven women were there and they were spending seven days and seven nights in what they called shut-ins. The Bible called it upper rooms. And they were pleading the promises, the prophecies of Demas Shikarian, a full gospel businessman, that a great revival would break out in northwest Pasadena. I'm wondering if I need to go there. I'm in Pasadena now, but maybe it's northwest. This starts me on a journey and a storyline that led to something called The Call, which you just saw. And over the last 15 years, over the last 15 years, it's been like a John the Baptist fasting movement. Hundreds of thousands of stadiums have been filled with young people and adults, primarily young people crying out to God for the coming of a new Jesus movement where everyone's getting saved, where revival breaks out. Fifteen years of accumulated prayers. And I got to believe there's a bowl in heaven that's about ready to tip. But it was three years ago. And I think it's a divine convergence. A group of YWAMers, circuit rider dudes, came into my living room in Kansas City and disturbed my peace. They came into my living room and they said there's coming a shift to the call and it will not be just fasting and prayer, but it will be the proclamation of the gospel. Signs and wonders and stadiums will be filled and Billy Graham's mantles coming on this nation. You know what that means to me? We're headed to a great awakening. Where people are going to get saved. God's not done with America. He's got, they're going to be saved by the thousands. We believe this with all of our heart. For two days, we prayed, we discussed these things. And then, at the end of our two days, we're about ready to leave. And, and a prophet calls... Nashville to my friend that's in the meeting and says hey do you know where Lou Ingle is if you do tell him I had a visitation from the Lord last night tell him there's coming a shift to the call and it will not be just fasting and prayer but it'll be the proclamation of the gospel signs and wonders and stadiums will be filled and Billy Graham's mantle is coming on the nation that's stadium Christianity Ah, oh. when moments like that happen, you cannot be jaded. You got know, a whole generation, we've been hearing these prophecies forever. I'll hear them for the next 25 years, but I'll never give up on prophecy. I will never give up on that word, otherwise I will live my life in the Netherlands of mediocrity and apathy, cause prophecy makes you live. You gotta prophesy to your bones, and if it takes 50 years, I would rather live for the promises than become a jaded believer that gives everybody a bad report. Dreams are like spies. The spies went into the promised land and they saw the vision of the promise. They came back and the jaded spies gave a bad report. But Caleb and Joshua, they saw it and they they lived in the promised land. A whole generation wondered. But they didn't wonder. They were living in the promised land of their dreams. Dreams are your Spies. And Caleb had to wait 40 years. And so the journey goes on and I got to run forward. It comes to the call Berkeley last year. This word, my my friends, Andy and Brian, Brand, Andy Byrd. is running in my heart. I've been praying for three years that stadiums would be filled with signs and wonders. Preaching the gospel. So, my friend David Kim and I, we somehow we got into the Memorial Coliseum. We just got stirred. Let's just go into the Coliseum down here by USC. Let's just claim it for Stadium Christianity. I don't know how we got in. The guard just broke the rules. We got in there. And we claimed Stadium Christianity, Memorial Coliseum. Seats 130,000 people. Billy Graham put 130,000 in 1963 with 20,000 that couldn't get in. Come on, I'm daring to believe another great day is coming to America. And we're praying and fasting with 70 young people. A whole group were Asian kids that had given up a semester of college because they felt that if they. Gave that semester up and prayed they would change history. Day after day, for 50 days, we cried out to God. It's what we do. I tell you, we need something more than prayer meetings. We need a spirit of breakthrough intercession. We need a free men who will break through to get the well open again. And as I'm praying and fasting, The Holy Spirit speaks to me. Call the leader of the Azusa Street organization, African-American man, and get reconciled to him. We had had a disagreement six years before. I didn't think it was that big a deal. But I didn't call him for six years. I I wasn't real close to him. I called him, but I realized I had hurt him. Revival always starts with reconciliation of recca. He's looking for two or three or 2,000, 3,000 in symphony together. And I call him up and we get reconciled the phone and he says at the end of it, he says, Lou, the call Azusa Street is still waiting for you. Hit me. Sometimes prophecy hits you like an arrow. Pay close attention to it. So I'm praying and fasting, and the thought comes to me Look up April 9th, 2016, 110th anniversary of Azusa Street. Look it up. It's a Saturday. I knew what he meant. I could hold the call on that day. I look it up. It's a Saturday. Now I'm getting interested. See, you have to follow your prophetic storyline. There's a dream stream. If you pull back from it, you'll miss the next page. And you pray your dreams over and over and over again. This is a dream community. Pray your dreams. And so what I... I went to my prophet friend of 30 years. I called him, told him what was going on. And he said, Lou, do you remember my dream on our 40-day fast in 2013 in Pasadena? I know I don't remember it. He said, In the dream, I received five sets of five plane tickets. And the only airlines we were allowed to fly on was United Airlines. Now, now Lou, I believe the crisis in American division... If the church cannot enter into John 17, I pray that they may be one, even as I... The the nation is divided because the church is divided. Racially, denominationally. And I I believe right now, we have to fly united. In the dream, he was concerned that he would miss the due date of the flights, the expiration date. So he looks it up and it's 1,080 days. He wakes up from the dream, looks up 1,080 days. It's April 9th, 2016. The 110th anniversary of Azusa's wow. <laughs> dream. What are you going to do? I said, Lord, I'm going to do something on that day. I don't have any money, don't have any staff. We're going to do something. Maybe a small little meeting in the park or something. I'm getting too old for these big risks, man. Can I say to you, I believe we might be at an expiration date if we don't fly United. I don't know what's going to happen in this nation. With this stirring in my heart, I get an email from a a woman in in Washington. She's a real prophetic gal. She said, hey, Lou, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw a stadium that was both a football field and a baseball field. And she said it was so vivid. I woke up and Googled to see if any stadiums in America were both the Super Bowl and the World Series. And she said, I looked it up and I found out there's only one stadium in America. She said, it's the Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles. I think you're supposed to do the Colazusa Street there. what God does He gives you these prophetic things to baptize you in confidence that you're not second stringers you're in God's storyline you've got to ask yourself what did those prophetic moments in your life they're cool experiences but they're more than cool experiences they're chapter titles that tell you where you're going so then I'm thinking oh no you're telling me to go to a stadium and freak me out but I said Lord if this is going to be signs of wonders please God the first guy I've got to meet with is Bill Johnson of Bethel and I can't get a hold of him our paths cross just as God means that we have a freak meeting in London he and I just crossed each other I told him the story and Bill Johnson And I said, let's do three hours of signs and wonders. And let's just believe that the name Azusa, which means blessed miracle. It's an Indian name where a girl named Komali in the 1700s from the mission prayed for a chief. And he was healed of an incurable disease. And the word spread all over the region and far beyond. If you could just get to Azusa, you can get healed. I want to shout that out. Bring every sick person. Bring every unsaved person. Bring your cripples. And just get to Azusa. You get healed. Bill Johnson heard the story and he said, He said, Luke, God talks to you in these most amazing ways. I'm canceling South Africa. I'm going to pour my whole Bethel movement into this thing. Bethel worship. And uh, Encouraged me. And then my friend David Kim had a dream and he saw Daniel Kalinda preaching in the stadium. He's Reinhard Bonnke's spiritual son, the guy that's preaching for him now. And in the dream, there was a pool in the stadium and people were jumping in to get healed. So I got with Daniel Kalinda. His heart was so stirred. I honor this man. He says, "I'm canceling stadiums in South America. I'm coming. If you want me to preach, great. But I don't need an honorarium. I don't need. I, I don't need an honorarium. I'll just want to be there." So that's the kind of unity, the spirit. If God could find us, and we're not looking for a stage, if we could just move heaven, just for one chance to move heaven. And he's throwing bunkies, media, and television into it. I'd like to throw some of your media into it. That stuff's crazy. Finally, on April 9th, 2015, a few months ago, I decided I've got to make a decision. You can, you can delay the prophetic for fear and miss your, your, your divine appointment. And I've been filled with fear. The Lord's been touching me. It doesn't matter how it turns out. What matters is my obedience. And so, I went on April 9th with my team to the stadium. The 109th anniversary of Azusa Street. We walk into this stadium. It's monstrous. (laughs) Overwhelming. But the lady says, yes, this is USC's football field. She said... This is the place where the first Super Bowl was played. And Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers. That's cool. (laughs) But it was more than cool to me because 20 years ago, I was in Pasadena in Mott Auditorium in the throes of an amazing outpouring of the Spirit where we had six nights a week meetings for nine months. Hundreds of thousands came through our doors. Power encounters, the smell of roses, Jesus, the fragrance, filled the building. And it was in 1995, 40, 20 years ago, That I got a phone call in the midst of that revival and two young 11-year-old Asian girls, Che's daughter, another gal, Filipino gal and Suan, were there in the mod Auditorium. And they were, they called me on the phone and you could hardly understand them. They called my wife and me and they were saying... (laughs) <laughs> come to my, come over to my, come to my. I lived across the street. So I don't know what's going on. So I run over there and they're having an open encounter with the angelic realm. They're describing the heavens. It's, they would just break out and point at angels and describe them. I wept and recorded for four hours. But the point, that, the t- moment that meant more to me than anything is suddenly, they broke out together in prophecy, and they began to prophesy. Much too small, much too small. Stadiums will be filled. There's Vince Lombardi in heaven. I said, "Do you know who Vince Lombardi is?" They said, "No, we've never heard of him." He, who who he is? They're eleven-year-old Asian girls. We've never heard of. We don't. We've never heard of him, but he's got a football helmet on in heaven. I walked home that morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I believe angels walked in with me. Because immediately my wife's contractions start, and my daughter Gloria is born that night. The Gloria Angela Grace. Glory, angels, grace. It's a good story. In a few days she's off to be a missionary in the Himalayas. Hallelujah. 20 years old. She said, I don't, need a, I don't need a vision. I don't need a voice. I got a verse. Go ye therefore. <laughs> so when this lady says this, you got to understand, I've been praying for 20 years. That vision is there coming a Super Bowl for the church. And I've been praying, why was Vince Lombardi in their dream or their vision for 20 years? I know I got to do this, but I'm still afraid. But that night I go, I go to Bonnie Bray Street uh, street that night where the revival began. It's jam-packed, all ethnic groups just praying. It's the 109th anniversary. I got saved in 1975. It's 2015. I'm 40 years old in the Lord. I, I go 41 years old on October 9th. And I pray this, Lord, where can I hold up? And fast for 40 days. For 40 years of my life. Because I want to enter into the promised land of revival. 40 days are up. I want to move into the new day. As I'm walking out at 11 at night. This brother African American man grabs me and says. Luke can I walk out with you? I had a dream last night. In the dream, I said to my wife, Lou's looking for a place to haul up for 40 days to fast. And he's going to fast on the corner of Jefferson and Hoover in the Methodist building on the campus of USC. What a dream. Oh, I know this is a chosen fast. And right now, we're 14 days into it. I'm living in an upper room of that Methodist building. We're having prayer meetings up to 120 every at, at nights, And we're crying out to God for 40 days and nights for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just feel you're brought into the timings of God. You go through normal life, you know, but there are moments when God says Terry here in Jerusalem and by the way a definition of hole up is Terry and I said Lord I felt like the Lord said I'm reading the scripture Matthew 13 when a man finds a treasure he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field for joy and I felt like the Lord speak to me sell your house and buy the field. When I moved here to Pasadena, I said to the Lord, "I was in Kansas City. I, I, I can't, I can't afford California living and all. You've got to have somebody buy me a house as a sign." I get a phone call from a lady. A lady says, "I know you're coming to California. I'm buying you a house. It's the most beautiful house on Hill Avenue in Pasadena. Been there for three years. Landmark house." And the Lord says, sell your house and buy the field. I say to my wife who's here today with me today, a great woman of God, she said, yeah, Lou, let's just do it. I I went to my kids to ask them, I said, if I do this, it's your inheritance. And they said, oh, Dad, we've got a spiritual inheritance. I said, we love the way you live your life. They said, they said, go sell the house. We know God will provide for us. I tell you, it's time to live for a heavenly kingdom. We, we are citizens of a country, a heavenly country. We're not looking for that American dream. We are looking for the dream of God. I went to the woman who bought me the house and I hope you're not offended. I told her the story. She says, it's necessary You sell your house and buy the field. i poured it all out. It's your time. It's your turn. It's your calling. Sell the house. I believe I was brought into a divine appointment with Jeremy. I believe I've been brought to a divine revival core. The center of the city. And I'm asking you, will you buy the field with me? Can you believe for 120,000 in the upper room? Can you believe from A to Z, USA, America can come for, to stadiums? Can you believe for healings? Can you believe for reconciliation? Can you believe for unity? Would you buy the field? I'm not asking for your money, but it sure would help, but that's not the deal. I'm asking you, would you give yourself to the next seven months of intercession like and like William Seymour for a new baptism of the Holy Spirit in Los Angeles in this nation. If your heart is stirred, you don't know what it really means. If you would just mobilize, it's far and wide. On your networks, you go to thecall.com. It's a Zeusa now. We're not looking for revival 10 years from now. America can't afford it. If that's you, and you say, God, I want to take on this burden for revival. I'll begin to fuel Jeremy's prayer meetings. I want you to come up to the altar. If you're stirred by this, say, God, I want to live in the dream of God. Jam up tight if you want to kneel down. Just begin to pray. Here I am. I offer my life for revival. Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to FearlessLA.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.